Hi, we are the Fancy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan, and this week I'm joined by Matt in London, Ben in a very hot LA, and Gary in Santiago. And welcome, guys. And we're going to start off our second preseason uh, pod with a little quiz from Gary. Oh, we're going straight into the quiz. We can if we want. So, so basically, um, we were going to talk about who the top point scorer is going to be this season later on the pod. Um, so I wondered if anyone knew who the top point scorer ever has been in the history of fantasy football. Is it, is it not Salah with his over 300 points? It is, Duncan. You're correct. Over 300 <laughs> points. <laughs> okay. I've got, a, I've, got a couple, I've got a couple more for you. Uh, only one defender has ever been in the top three point scorers in the league. And this defender has done it twice. Uh, who is it? Leighton Baines. Nope. Is it uh, Trent? No, it's not Trent. Is it Steve Bruce? Back when it was the Times, <laughs> and you had to like you had to phone up and tell them what the transfer was. Uh, I should I should add that so that, that I don't know if this is hundred percent accurate, but my stats go back to two thousand and two, two thousand and three. So the the defender in question was in two thousand four, five, and two thousand fourteen, fifteen. Oh wow! Oh, I am uh, stumped. Is it John, John Terry? Yes, John oh. Terry. Well, well done, Matt. The headers, and, headed goals. Yes. Uh, so another thing I noticed is the last two seasons, the top three point scorers have all been midfielders. Um, but in the first season, 2002-03, uh, they were all attackers. So it seems to have shifted a bit from um, kind of attackers being the best to midfielders being the best. Um, can people name the three top point scoring attackers in 0203? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, 0203. Henri? Thierry Henri. Yes. Van Nistelrooy. Van Nistelrooy. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, yeah, that's two of them. Who was in between? Who was splitting them in between with 192 points? Lampard? Perez? Neither of those are strikers. <laughs> oh, I see. Sorry. <laughs> former, uh, Southam- former Southampton. Oh, Shearer was former Southampton, but not Shearer. Uh, former Southampton. I, I can't remember the Southampton team from 20 years ago. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way. <laughs> okay, well, James Beattie was the mystery ah. man. You were looking oh, for. I was just about to say just that. Just about to say that as well. <laughs> um, what a coincidence. Oh, thanks, Gary. Well, um, yeah, like Gary mentioned, we're going to get on to our predictions later on. And one of them is going to be predicting the top scorer for the coming season in FPL. Um, we're also going to be um, showing, like revealing our, our latest drafts of our teams as well. Um, but before we do that, Gary, um, we have some predictions to do, don't we? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I think we, st- we started this last season where we, we try and pick out the bargain player that you need to have. Um, so uh, we were basically last season, last season we were calling this the Doherty Cup, like the defender under 4.5 million. Uh, this season it's going to become the Lord Lundstrom trophy um, because he's the new, the new minus 4.5 million uh, superstar. Um, then after we do the defenders, we'll do the midfielders and the attackers. Um, so that we'll have a little bit more money for them. You've got six million for midfielders, six million for attackers. So it's the um, the Grealish the Grealish Cup for the midfielders and the Ings Award for the strikers. Um, so we're going to start with the defenders. I wondered. Um, we, I don't know if we've received our telegram from French Polynesian yet from Andy uh, as to who he's going to pick um, for each of these. If oh, not, we have, yeah, we have. Don't uh, worry, we have. He's, he sent us a telegram, yeah. Okay, so Andy gets the first pick because he won last year. He won the Defenders because he um, correctly selected Lewis Dunk as a very high point scorer. So who's Andy gone for this year? He's gone for 
the bastard. He's gone for my first pick, Stuart Dallas. Stuart Dallas. Okay. Uh, so he's he's obviously listened to last week and decided that Leeds is the way to go. I guess um, if you're trying to if you're trying to kind of emulate Lundstrom, then Lundstrom was an out of position player, wasn't he? And Dallas has played or did play in midfield for some of Leeds' game last season, and that's where he got some of his well most of his attacking returns. So it's it's punty, but it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think Andy's emerging as a very good player of this game. It's a shame that the the, the actual fantasy football game has eluded <laughs> him thus far. But um, well, so Andy's got sorry, Andy's not here to defend himself either. So uh, it's a bit cool with me. <laughs> kick a kick a man who's not here. <laughs> <laughs> he can listen uh, to it later. <laughs> so uh, Ben, you you are next. Who are you going to pick? Uh, I'm going to pick Carl Walker-Peters from Southampton. Um, yeah, he's, he's got the first choice spot nailed down that Cedric is gone. And I think Southampton will be will just continue to build on next season. Hopefully that means more clean sheets. So I'm going Walker-Peters. Walker-Peters, that was my pick. So well done, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, I think I think that's a good that's a good one, and we were talking quite a bit about Southampton last week as a, as a team to watch. So um, I think that's a shrewd pick. Um, Duncan, have you had a chance to decide on your your second choice? There's a lot of thought going into this, Duncan. Have you, uh, <laughs> have you decided on a man? Oh dear, Duncan. <laughs> this doesn't bode well for the rest of the season, does it? <laughs> Guys, can you hear me? Oh, you suddenly yeah. returned. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was just doing some uh, just last minute research there and I had to meditate while I did it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, so I think this one is a solid, boring pick. Last season, I went for Jamal Cells, and that was a solid, boring pick that really didn't work out because he was pretty injury prone. This season, okay, he's had a few injuries, but Charlie Taylor, Burnley defence, they got 13 clean sheets last season, and he got 84 points last season, and he only played about 2,000 minutes. So if if he gets if he kind of nails that place for the rest of the season, which can happen with Burnley fullbacks and Burnley defenders in general, I think he could be the top scorer for this price bracket. So yeah, Charlie Taylor is my man, my dull pick. Okay, um, well that's that that should that should work. I'm going next then, as I came fourth last year, and. I'm going to go for a young fullback who's just broken through at Leicester, uh, James Justin. Um, so I believe with Chilwell, I think he's more of a right back, kind of understudy to Pereira. But um, with, with Chilwell going, he can also fill in at left back. Uh, and with Leicester having a pretty decent defence, and he does get forward a little bit down the flanks. Only one assist last season, but um, he's kind of breaking through. Um, so my pick is James Justin. Um, which leaves just Matt to go last. Before Matt um, goes in, can I can I just say, are you not worried about Pereira when he comes back from injury? Um, I think that Justin would switch over to the left in that case because I, I don't know if I think is it do they do Leicester still only have Fuchs as their their only other um, left? No, back, they've signed so. someone. They've signed um, uh, uh, the left back from Atalanta, Timothy Castagne, for five point five in the game. Ah, right. Well, that's interesting information. Um, well, it's too late. You've oh, well. Barry, so. Am I allowed to change? <laughs> no. Gar no. Gary's in charge of the section, so he makes the rules here. <laughs> okay, well, no, no, I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. I was going to say, my other thought was Michael Hector at Fulham. As a, I, I kind of waxed lyrical about him last week. But no, I'll stick with James, Justin. I believe in you, Justin. You can do it. <laughs> Matt, over to you. Who's your pick? Um, so, obviously, a lot of the good picks have now gone, uh, but that, that reflects my uh, my pick from last year of Max Ahrens that uh, really didn't pay off very well. But uh, I still can't resist an attacking fullback, so I'm going to go for Tarek Lamptey um, this season. Um, 
So Brighton start off with some bad fixtures, but uh, he seemed to break through the back end of last season, looked pretty um, pretty good. He got a really good assist one time, and I think he was unlucky enough a couple of times um, not to get more points. So um, I'm hoping for good things. Okay, good stuff. So Matt's going for Brighton. So yeah, we've got Stuart Dallas, Kyle Walker-Peters, Charlie Taylor, James Justin, Tarek Lamptey. Uh, so we'll we'll keep an eye on them through the season and see uh, who comes out best. But there there are picks if you're looking for some bargain bench fodder at the back. They're really nice because um, a lot of people at the moment the template seems to be Trent and then you know like four other four point fives. And we've got five pretty good ones there, I'd say, for potential season picks because that's what we're basing this on, isn't it? It's across the whole season. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I think you kind of want someone who's going to be consistent, who who you, you can rely on to, when called upon, will will not let you down, even if it's just a solid kind of two pointer. But then the odd six pointer or eight pointer kind of breaking through. Gary, um, I, I'm kind of I'm I'm loving it because it's it's Matt that's suffering from it. But the rules where if you do well in this one season, you then get to pick first the next season means surely Andy is going to rule forever. Potentially. It's, Potentially, it's really hard. It's really hard from the people <laughs> at the bottom, just, like Matt, to. I just get ground into the dust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you lose the first season. That's it. You're done. It's it's like Premier League. I'm going to campaign for like uh, the equivalent of financial fair play. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, although you finished bottom in two of the categories, Matt, you actually came second in the midfielders with your Ab- Abdullah Decore. So so after we've heard Andy's tip, I might get a you'll, pick. You'll get you'll get to shoot in this time. So so. So, Duncan, can you reveal to the listeners who Andy's picked for the Grealish Trophy, the, the star midfielder? I will. I just have to disappear from audio while I do it. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, um, yeah, I, I think um, so last season. So, yeah, we, we reckon last season this was the Grealish Trophy and he won by a, a long way. The, the price limit is six million. So there's a few, um, a few interesting players in the mix. I've got um, his pick. Okay. Excellent stalling, Gary. No one will have noticed that was brilliant. Um, he's gone for uh, ASM, the uh, Alan Sam Maxim. Alan Sam Maxim. Okay, was it that Asim? <laughs> Who does he play? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, yeah, I think I think that's a pretty solid pick. The, the one downside is that Newcastle don't score many goals, but uh, he is their one exciting player. Well, to be fair, Almiron's reasonable as well. Uh, Matt, you're next. How are you going to counter that? Well, it's a strong choice because that's a maximum of my current lineup. Um, but uh, my punt is going to go for Bakari Saka. At, um, what's his name? Is Bakayo Saka? Bakayo. Bakayo Saka. There we are. Um, from Arsenal, who's broken through um, into the first team. He seemed to be nailing down a first-team spot last season, looked pretty pretty lively. Um, and to get an Arsenal forward for £5.5 million seems like a bargain to me. Yeah, good one, Matt. He's been in and around my draft, so um, I think uh, I think he's one to watch. If he, I guess he's just hoping that he gets the minutes. He's still kind of on the fringes of the squad uh, at times. But I think he was pretty much uh, the second half of the season, pretty much a regular last year. So so that's a good one. Um, ben, you get the next pick. Pick number three. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm going to continue my Southampton train and go uh, Ward, James Ward-Prowse. Got his first, I think maybe his first England cap. Uh, didn't play too well, but like on a lot of set pieces... Um, and again, just part of this whole, I think Southampton will be good this season narrative. Yeah, no, the, he's a, he's the set piece maestro. So um, I think, I think again, I had, I had Saka and Ward Prowse as my backup choices in case anyone took my first pick as I'm, as I'm next. Um, but thankfully no one did. So my, my first choice midfielder is Eberechi Ezi. Uh, Crystal Palace. Um, I've watched. I've watched Ezzy play in the Championship um, for um, QPR, and he was a star, standout player. He's really good on the ball, can dribble, got a good shot. He scored 14 goals and got eight assists last year in what was a pretty ordinary QPR side. Um, so 
a bit like St. Maximan, the, the problem you've got is he's an attacking player for Crystal Palace, so they don't score that many goals. But I feel like, particularly if Zaha leaves, they'll kind of be relying on him for goals. So I, I'm tipping Eze for big things this season. Duncan, over to you for the last pick. This, um, this is, I, I'm amazed that I am the last pick because Gary's pick was Alex Awobi for last season, and I managed to do worse than that pick <laughs> <laughs> with Andros Townsend, who I, I don't know how many games he played, but it wasn't very many. Um, that doesn't bode well for um, Gary's pick, does it? Just a Palace winger. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> good luck with that. Um, <laughs> So I guess my choice with what I'm left with comes down to a few players. Um, Pereira, West Brom is an interesting one, but from what I've seen of him, the kind of highlights, he's more an assist man than a goal man. I, I think you need goals in this. Um, there is the absolute hero, Suchek, but I think maybe he's a, he's not really an attacking midfielder enough. So it's between McNeil at Burnley or Trossard at Brighton. And I think... I'm going to go for McNeil because he's not too far away from Grealish's score last season. So, uh, yeah, Grealish came in with uh, one four nine, eight goals, seven assists, I think something like that. And uh, Yaman McNeil one two three, nice little number he came in with. Um, so two goals, seven assists. If he can just up his goal rate, um, he's going to get the minutes. I'm pretty sure at Burnley. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for McNeil. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, I've had McNeil the odd time in my actual team. I, I quite like him as a as a winger, and um, I think Burnley are quite predictable in the way they play. So it, a lot of their play goes through him. Uh, so so he's a good one to watch. Um, right then, so then finally the the Ings Award. Um, so this I think there's really slim pickings here in strikers less than six million. So interested to see what we'll go for. I hope I get an early pick then. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll, 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 we'll. I don't want to spoil anything, Matt. But but Glenn Murray didn't do well, too well for you last season, so you might have to wait. Ah, just got the wrong season, didn't I? Yes. Um, so uh, the, the Ings Trophy, and it was Ben who picked Danny Ings last year. Um, so Ben, you go first. Oof. Um, I think I'll go safe and just go with Mitrovic. I'm not super excited about Fulham or their attack, but he seems like somewhat of a mainstay. So I'll just I'll just pick him and hope he doesn't um, come in last for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Mitrovic. He's got a good track record. He's on the penalties. Uh, we kind of covered last week. I think that Fulham might not score as many goals as they did last season, but he's still a good bet to get to get most of their goals. Um, so yeah, pretty solid. Uh, Duncan, can you reveal Andy's pick as he was second in this category last year? The absolute bastard has gone for my first pick, Rodrigo at Leeds. I think that's a really nice one. Rodrigo, okay. Um, yeah, we, we did talk about him a bit last week because I wasn't sure if he'd go in the game as a midfielder. If you look at his um, returns in the Liga, he's not that prolific he scored usually around half a dozen goals I think he had one season two or three years back where he was a bit more prolific um but yeah so so yeah well he's definitely one to watch playing for Spain's uh, pretty good isn't it um to get a six million pound striker that starts for Sp- well starts or plays for Spain yeah I, I think my question is just is he a striker or is he an attacking midfielder I, I think mm. he might play kind of in the hole behind, uh, as we're coming on to my pick, my pick, Patrick Bamford. Um, so I I kind of picked him up a bit last week. Uh, he's a bit of a love-hate figure at Leeds, or, well, Bielsa loves him, all the fans hate him. Uh, but I, I think by virtue of being a starting striker in uh, what will probably be a mid-table team, I think he will bag maybe a solid 10 or 12 goals get involved in a few assists as well and 5.5 million you can't argue with that so i have gone for bamford uh duncan any thoughts on that or if not over to you for your pick i i mean i defer to you on knowledge of the leads because you've seen a lot more of them in the championship than i have but i just think that uh bamford is in that 
Huckabee zone where he can't, he's too good for the championship, not good enough for the premiership. Um, and I think that Rodrigo might take his place, but who knows? Bielsa's mind, I definitely don't. So we'll see. Um, I'm going to go with your pick from last season, Gary, which didn't do brilliantly for you, but did better than mine. Um, so I'm going to go for Che Adams. Um, he's being hyped up quite a lot in the FPL community on Twitter at the moment. Uh, Six million, had a good patch of form getting in the team at the end of last season, scoring some goals. Um, I think he actually got more returns than Danny Ings after restart. Um, might have to check that, don't quote me, but I think that's something that I've seen uh, recently on Twitter. So, yeah, I think if he nails down that starting place, which he should do, then it's a, a team with goals and he's at a good price. So, yeah, there you go. Okay, so that just leaves Matt to to bring up the rear with his choice. Who are you going for, Matt? Um, so, um, yeah, I'm not too disappointed this pick, actually, because um, I've always quite quite liked him. I think I had him in a previous uh, fantasy football when he was my uh, bench fodder uh, that went on loan to the championship at the time. Um, so he's got a soft part in my heart, and it's Ollie Mc, McBurney um, from Sheffield United, who um, had, I mean, he had an okay-ish season last season, but... Um, I think he was maybe just settling into the side. I think he's a bit injured. So hoping for maybe a couple more minutes from him this season. And uh, I reckon he can get some um, get some goals. And Sheffield United are a bit more of an established premiership club now. OK. Ollie McBurney is the one to watch then. Uh, nobody went for Eddie Nketiah, which surprised me. I, I thought he was one that I was very tempted to go for. Um, just a bit of a rotation risk. Um we're at Arsenal with Lacazette if he stays. Mm, true, true. Um, so, so yeah, I, th- I think Enketi is one of those, a bit like we had Mason Greenwood last season. Who I, I don't think any of us went for last season, did we? But it was like, again, we, were, we all thought he was a good player, but just weren't sure he'd get the minutes. I am, I'm quite disappointed in myself. I didn't go for the hat-trick of Burnley players with my striker. I could have gone for Rodriguez. Um, my favourite Ashley Barnes but um, I mean we're not going to win anything with three Burnley players are you maybe with a defender you get mid-table <laughs> yeah come third in each category yeah <laughs> hey that's not bad I, I'd take that <laughs> yeah well it's funny Ashley Barnes is, his ownership's really gone down this year he's only 0.6% ownership so uh, who knows maybe he's going to be the the bargain that people weren't expecting what about um what about people's predictions for the top-scoring FBL player this season? Okay, I, I don't know how we're going to do this then, as we didn't have this category last year. Maybe, Duncan, you can just randomly allocate who goes when. Okay, uh, I think Matt probably needs a little helping hand, seeing that he hasn't had the luck in that um, those cups and challenge trophies. Um, so I'm going to... I, mean, I guess it's relatively safe, but there's, there are about four or five out, out there that you think could get the top prize. Um, I'm going to go for Salah. Um, I think he he got a lot of points last season, and I think most people would say he had a slightly disappointing season um, and, and missed, missed a fair few chances that normally he'd be putting away. So um, if that's anything to go by, then I reckon he's a, a, sh- a strong favourite. Yeah, Salah... Um... Three seasons ago, first, 303 points. Two seasons ago, first, 259 points. Last season, second, 233 points. You can't really argue with that, can you? Um, next up, I'm going to award the pick to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Randomly. And I'm going to go for KDB because um, he was top scorer last season and now he's got penalties for the whole season. Or well, it looks like he will uh, from this point. So... Yeah, I think he's um, a no-brainer. Next up... Until, until Messi comes in in January. Yeah, that's true. That is true. We'll see. It, yeah, if he joins halfway through the season, but it's still top scorer, that would be pretty incredible. Um, next random allocation between Gary and Ben. Uh, I'm going to go for Gary because it's his section and he's working hard. <laughs> okay. Um Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna keep it City. Uh, I'm gonna go for Raheem Sterling. I, I feel like he is right in the peak of his career now. Um, he 
had a slightly disappointing season last season, but he's still got a lot of points. Um, and I think City, again, are going to be the team to beat. So he's he's kind of hit that 230-point mark two of the last three seasons. So um, I think this is going to be his year of a ridiculous number of goals. Um, so I just need to figure out how to get him into my actual team now. That's the only problem. But uh, yeah, I'm going Sterling. Nice one. How about you, Ben? Oh, I still have my number one pick, uh, which is great, even though I'm going last. It's uh, Obama Yang, I think, is my pick. I think Arsenal will be sneakily good this season under Arteta. Um, Obama Yang, I think, will sign his new contract um, and will be firing in a lot of goals, is my prediction. So I'm, going, I'm pretty happy with Obama Yang as my pick. Even if he doesn't sign a new contract extension, he'll probably be banging them in at the end of the season just to make sure he gets a good move, right? Yeah. Um, and he's been banging them in in pre-season, so, you know, I think that bodes well. Yeah, yeah I think, I think the, uh, the reclassification as a midfielder is crucial for him as well. Um, so he's in, he's in my actual team. And, yeah, I was, I was torn between him and Sterling, but I, I think, again, he'll be up and there and thereabouts to the golden boot. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good pick. I've just sent Andy a telegram, so we will we'll get a live update from him halfway through the halfway through the next section. Um, that was awesome. Uh, should we move on to our our drafts after a little break? Okay, it's time to reveal our latest drafts. Um, so, disclaimer: this is uh, a week before uh, FBL kits kicks off for real. So. These will change a little bit, I'm sure, with kind of uh, team news updates and the press conferences from the manager and stuff like that, and just general um, trends. <laughs> uh, but this is pretty close to what our teams are going to be. So, Gary, do you want to go first with your team reveal? Talk us through your team. Okay, so so basically, you might have heard me kind of say this a few times, but I, I feel like the striker is dead. There's there's hardly any good strikers left. So bear this in mind that my my forward line is pretty pathetic, but I'm putting all my power into my defence and midfield. So imagine this is a kind of 4-5-1 Pulis style team. Um, so yeah, goalkeepers, uh, I've gone McCarthy from Southampton, persuaded by you last week, Duncan, and Button as backup. Uh, defence, I've gone for Trent, uh, Hector Bellerin, uh, Reese James at Chelsea, uh, Willie Bolly at Wolves, and the secret weapon also at Wolves, Oscar Burr, four million, great player. Been following him a lot. Um, midfield, uh, so I've gone Abamyang, Salah, Son, uh, Mason Mount, who is going to regenerate into Marcus Rashford after the first week, and Ezzy. Uh, Crystal Palace, who I've just been bigging up. And my all-star forward lineup is Vasilev, uh, Bamford, and Inketia. Wow, okay. Lots to talk about there. I'm glad you were <laughs> first, Gary. Um, maybe we should have interspersed you between the, the other kind of more dullard <laughs> managers. But talk us through um, Oscar Burr. Is it Oscar Burr? Because I think this is the first I've heard about this. Uh, yeah, well, I, I kind of took him, and again, you're probably going to ruin this one by telling me Wolves have signed someone. I kind of saw that um, Doherty's left Wolves, so I think he's kind of gone up the pecking order. He's like a young fullback um, who played a couple of games in the Cup maybe last year, but not in the league. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that out of all the four million defenders, Burr might actually get a bit of game time in a, in a decent team. But basically, my, my tactics for the first few weeks, as you can tell by Burr and, and Vasilev and Button, is to uh, get a strong first 11 and hope, hope to God that they all play, because if not, I'm, I'm, it's Bamford time, basically. Uh, so, uh, some breaking transfer news. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think it's fully confirmed yet, but uh, I've seen rumours that they have signed Marcel, who is a fullback who played for Leon. Um, but I think I think he's a left wing. Back. I think he's a left. He's back. a left back. Yeah, he's a left so back. So I think he's actually yeah. taking Vinagre's place, uh, who is a very popular mm -hmm. pick at the moment uh, in the FPL template. 
So you might be safe with that, Gary. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. There's there's not a lot else at four million, so I might be struggling. Uh, does Branthwaite at Everton get in occasionally? Anyway, I'm going. I'm rambling a little bit too much, but basically, it's it's basically the the power in this team. I've been saying that the midfielders have been being the top point scorers, so I'm going to very soon have Abamyang, Salah, Son, and Rashford, and that is going to be where I hope the league will be won this year. So you're saving two point five million in your bank, so that you can move them out to Rashford. Yes, that's the plan. Okay. Hopefully, I don't lose point one value, and then my whole plan goes to uh, ruin. But um, that's the risk I'm going to have to take. I think there is a lot of talk um, about because essentially the whole of FPL is going to be going for these Man City and Man United. Probably Man United in game week two because they've got Crystal Palace at home, and Crystal Palace's defence is injury hit all over the place. So. With Man United fans across the world being as they are, they pick Man United players and that often increases Man United players' values very quickly. But if you think that plus the rest of the FPL is going to be doing it, there is a serious risk of seriously uh, big price rises, isn't there? So you, maybe you so wait, wait for the game to kick off and then make the transfer before the end of the night. I was going to say, Duncan, you're king of the panic transfer, so you're saying I've got to go go early here. I think as soon as, as, soon as, as the first game loads. lands, just get yeah, get Rashford in. I, I might, I may well do that. One minute after the deadline. <laughs> yeah, do it. Um, yeah, nice. What do you reckon, guys? I think it's a strong tactic. Um, I think Gary's onto something. There was certainly with the midfield being the the place where all the big hitters are. And say so maxing out your big hitters, uh, it, it might be the the tactical way to go and the formation to go. Um, um, as he sort of admits, I think going for a very very cheap bench uh, doesn't leave a lot of resilience to injuries. Um, but uh, it's the start of the season, and you can uh, you can change from there. I think even your defence is, even though it's um, you've spent some money there, they're still kind of I would say differentials players like. Bellerin and Bolly and James, I don't think they're going to be picked by too many people, maybe. They're, they're interesting picks, and there's no no template outside of kind of uh, McCarthy, TA, and Ober and Salah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think I'm probably... We'll see how Salah starts. I, I, I'm a bit sceptical he's going to have a great season, so uh, he may turn into KDB at, at some point and um, that would get me half a million I think so it might just mean I can upgrade Burr to someone a little bit more um, real I love that you're going to go and upgrade someone in your defence rather than uh, your strikers I mean Bamford all the way he's going to be banging the goals in I won't need to Is it? <laughs> it's Vasilev, Bamford and Eketia. Yeah, so I basically last week's pod, I was go- I was going to pick the other um, the other Villa uh, forward um, whose name has, has just escaped me. But uh, you were you were pointing out that his price is going to drop pretty much as soon as the season starts. So I should go for Vasilev as the the least likely to decrease in value. You know, what? <laughs> I tried this I tried this tactic last season. I can't remember which four point I went with, but. Um... I went with someone who was solo owned. I was like, okay, even if people get rid of him from their teams, it's not going to change his value. And it still did. So I don't know if FPL have worked out that trick. Um, okay, yeah. Oh, Keenan but, Davis was the, was the other 4.5, but he's in, he's in 15% of teams, uh, whereas Vasilev is only in 1.3% of teams. And I, I quite like the name Indiana Vasilev as well. It's a, it's a good name. It's a good name, yeah. Awesome. But is that on the basis that he's less likely to play than... Keenan Davis. So you're deliberately picking a worse asset. Yes. <laughs> In a word. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Matt, it's your turn. Um, so, yeah, what's probably going to be a bit more templatey, um, I've gone McCarthy and goal um, with Nyland as the backup uh, because he's cheap and he might play. Um, until Villa, I think Villa are desperate trying to find a goalkeeper, but in the absence of them finding one, then he might might be the one. Um, then across the the back, I've got uh, Trent, and then uh, I've got Sice, and then I will take between my four and a halves of Walker Peters, Dallas, and Charlie Taylor. Um, 
And then in midfield, I've got Aubameyang Salah, uh, like many others. Um, I've got Greenwood, who I'll be holding for that first week. So he's just ready for the second game week. Um, San Maximum and Traore. Um, and then up front, I've got Werner, Mitrovic and Antonio at the moment. Okay, talk us through your thinking. Um, so it's a bit of the let's spread the money around just a bit until we work out who's who's who and who's going to do really well. Um, uh, I can't pick Man City or Man U, who I'd probably be going heavy on um, if I had the chance. Um, so I've gone for a little bit with Greenwood just so that I can then get uh, just maybe a jump on some players who don't have any of them um, come, come game week two. And I'll probably drop, depending on how Salah does in the first game week, um, he's the one I'm most likely to look at to say I might bump him down to a KDB or a Fernandez um, or a Rashford. Um, and that would give me just a bit of money to then put somewhere else in the team as well. Um, and then the back four, I've gone, I mean, I'll, I'll probably be playing three at the back most weeks. So Trent's sort of like, they're just the, he'll just be stuck as, in the team every week. Um, Sace, I think Wolves are quite defensive. So he's my five million solid, hopefully plays every week pick. And then I'll just choose one of the, uh, the four and a halves um, each week, depending probably on fixtures and form. Um, and then I don't like to pick strikers um, that are new. Sorry, I don't like to pick brand new signings, even if they're major new signings. Um, the very start of FPL, because I think it's, it, well, many big signings have, have failed over the years. Uh, and so you want to see how they actually play in the Premiership first. But Timo Werner just seems like such an obvious starter for Chelsea. I want a Chelsea asset in my in my lineup because they've got some nice fixtures. Um, and also, if it doesn't work out, then at least I've got an expensive striker that I can then move money around for maybe a Vardy or up to Kane or something like that, um, depending on how, how, how things go. So that's my, my initial thinking. But um, I'm still still looking at it quite a bit because I think St. Maximan, Adama Traore, Antonio, Mitrovic, I just sort of put them in on the basis that others have picked them. Um, I haven't really given them that much thought just yet. So I think I might be, uh, uh, well, if, if I choose to go more Maverick, then they're, they're probably the areas that I'll be um, uh, sort of shuffling around a bit. If you stuck with Antonio, he's got a good fixture in game week one with Newcastle at home, but then his fixtures are pretty awful. So would he be someone you'd move out after game week one or would you kind of stick through the, the nasty fixtures? And who would you move to? So definitely. Um, I and mean, I think, Back in the last season, he was playing so well. I think he looked slightly fixture-proof. So that's partly why I'm not so bothered about his fixtures. Or the, the fact that he's got a, a nice opening one helps. Um, but yeah, the, the also at six and a half, it's quite a good price point to be able to move around. So um, you've got Calvert-Lewin just up there at seven. Um, and then you've got a bunch of playing strikers at six million. Um, who are basically, basically all the gut punts that we've just picked. Uh, and I'll, I'll see which one actually works out. Um, and I could maybe go there and, and save a bit of cash. Yeah, fair enough. What do you reckon, guys? Very matt, yeah, very matt. Um, no, I think Don't I think. Don't be too he's... harsh about it. <laughs> 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 no, he's got good, good, good strength across the team. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder if, I wonder if Mitrovic, Antonio. Traore, well, no, maybe not Traore, but Mitrovic and Antonio, it might be a little bit going on who's done well last year rather than what's going to happen this year. That's my only question. I'm I'm a bit concerned about Traore because I had him in my team. I couldn't shift him until I think game week 38. And he was just, uh, he was a problem I was trying to fix and now his price has gone up uh, to 6.5. So the I, thing I, I found with Traore is that he's, He's really good against the better teams in the league, the ones that actually look to attack Wolves because he's got space to counter-attack into. He, he's not very prolific against some of the weaker teams. So he's a bit... He, he, he doesn't make sense in the usual way. Like Usually you, you look at a, um, a set of fixtures and think, oh, Wolves have got... Um, like Sheffield United up first. You think, oh, maybe that's a, that's, that's a chance for him. But he's actually... I think last season he got more points against Man City than he did against Sheffield United. Isn't there also a possibility with Doherty leaving that he moves to right wing back as well, where he did play uh, a bit last season? That 
Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's definitely um, uh, the pick that's maybe least one of the least secure on my team. But um, I mean, my reasons for going for him was that he last season was sort of a breakthrough season. Like, I mean, I know he, he did. He can sometimes frustrate in FPL terms, but I think just watching him on the pitch, uh, he just seemed like such an amazing player that the opposition were often terrified of. And I think uh, sometimes he's having his minutes managed. Um, and I think that he'll be getting more of a starring role in Wolves this season, so that uh, I can see him kicking on from last season. I th- I just feel like he's one of those players who's a brilliant footballer, but not a brilliant FPL player. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, he might turn out to be that. But yeah, I mean, some of the some of the goals and assists he had last season show that uh, t- to me that yeah, he 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 looks like a pretty class footballer, and he doesn't have to add too much to his game to become um, really consistent. Yeah. I really like your your structure of your defence and that you've got TAA plays every game then you've got Saiz, who's your 5.0 and then three 4.5s to choose between. Between those three, you're always going to have someone to come in with a good fixture. So, yeah, I really like that. Rotating between three rather than uh, two rotating pairs. Um, I'm quite jealous of that. What do you reckon? Yeah, then? yeah I think... Um... Matt's Matt's draft is a little bit going to be a little bit different to mine because I think he, he's built it with a lot of flexibility in mind. So like money spread evenly, um, so he can kind of observe what happens in the first couple of fixtures to make make switches. Um, whereas mine is a little bit more does not give me flexibility. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> uh, before um, before we go on to Ben's team, I'm, I'm kind of tantalised by that. Um, before we go on to Ben's team, Gary and Matt, are you planning an early wild card? Are you trying to plan for no early wild card? Like, what, what's your thoughts, um, Gary? I want, I want, I, every season, I always want my starting 11 to be good for as long as possible. But uh, some, some seasons it's been like game week four and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to have to rip this up and start again. So I'm not planning on it, but um, yeah, if needs must, I will. What about you, Matt? Yeah, very similar. Like I, I'd like to think that I just picked a decent enough team that doesn't need completely ripping up. But most seasons I ended up um, wildcarding in the first, some point in the first five game weeks. I mean, the only thing I, I do try and do, I think certainly relative to yourself and Ben, who often go very early is uh, to catch some price rises. I just like to have an extra game week or two just to see if early season form looks like they're actually going to, some of some players are actually going to take off or become bargain picks. So um, sort of the Dillard safety in me probably means I I sometimes hang on a couple of game weeks to my rubbish starting 11 just to uh, just to see what the, the better team out there might be that uh, with a wild card. Yeah, very sensible both, I think. And there's the thing this season with... Uh... Uh, COVID de- delays, we've seen it in Scotland with games postponed and things like that, that they're, you know, the wild card is probably going to be even more vital than it has been before. Mm-hmm. So taking an early one is a, a big risk with um, I, I will, chance. I, I will say on that, Duncan, that I did I did think about, because I I kind of don't like the the bench boost because it means you kind of have to try and get 15 players in your squad who are all playing. So I had half a mind to just pick a a game week one, first 11 team, use my bench boost and then kind of wild um, kind of wild card straight away. But in the end, I decided it wasn't worth it, particularly game week one. You don't always know who the first 11s are. <laughs> game week one bench boost, is that what you're recommending? <laughs> Gary, you've got <laughs> form. You've got, you've got form for this. Haven't you done that before? <laughs> I did, yeah. I think I did it a few years ago. I was kind of like, well, I like to just have a couple of, really cheap players just to kind of boost my first 11 but um yeah it's it's not always guaranteed i I, to be honest yeah don't listen to me on the chips i get them wrong every year but uh i've never really used the bench boost very well put it that way um okay nice one um ben how about your team all right, so I you you may Matt alluded to a bit earlier. I always wildcard very early, normally game week three or four. And given that Manu City missed their first game week here, it also is kind of setting up um, to do that again. Um, and I, I I do it because I I love I love catching the price rises early in the season. Um, to make sure I, I have the like um, 
the must-haves uh, throughout the season. So I've kind of designed a team around a little bit around game week one and two. Um, and when I was designing my team, I basically had three things I wanted to do. So the first one was I wanted Timo Werner um, for similar reasons that, that Matt talked about. Um, I wanted it heavy in midfield because um, I think that's where most of the value is. And my third one, um, which might be a little bit surprising, is I wanted a lot of Arsenal players because um, they have Fulham first and then they have West Ham, who I think are both terrible. Um, and then and then if I wildcard game week three, I can kind of switch it about. So uh, my team is basically a 3-5-2. Uh, I have McCarthy in goal. Um, Steer is my backup because the ownership stats on Nyland were a little bit frightening to me in case he doesn't play. Um, so Jed Steer is the other Villa 4.0. In the back, I have uh, Trent, Carl Walker-Peters, and Ashley Maitland-Niles, who I think will actually start a, a decent amount. He started in the Community Shield. And my bench folder here are the two Palace 4.0s, so... Uh, Mitchell, who's been getting game time in preseason, but will probably lose a spot to Patrick Van Arnholt. And then Nathan Ferguson, who people think is the first choice right, right back, but has, is currently injured. Um, the five across midfield are Salah, Obama Yang, Son, uh, Ziyech, but he, he's got my placeholder for the Chelsea Valley midfielder, whoever I can figure it, it to be, whether it's like Havertz or Pulisic or whoever we think is going to start. And then Sat Maximan is my fifth. And then up front, I have Werner, Nketia, and uh, Keenan Davis. So 3-5-2, that's my team. What do you reckon, Matt? Yeah, it's quite strong. I like the, um, in some ways, I've got, I've got a bit of money on the bench uh, at the moment. Uh, Whereas uh, Ben's packing it all into that first eleven um, and in the first couple of game weeks, so um, he's, he's clearly thought about the fixtures and stuff a bit more than me. Um, so it looks good, I think. I think it's a really interesting tactic. It's not something that I've seen like people targeting just game week one and two. Uh, you can you can build like you've built a really awesome team, especially like midfield. Um, yeah, what do you reckon, Gary? Um, yeah, no good and particularly if you're targeting those first two weeks I, I guess um the the risk is you would assume that play guys like Werner and Ziyech would come straight into the Chelsea team but it may be that Lampard kind of feels he has to ease them in or maybe their fitness isn't quite where it should be so there's there's just a risk I guess that you suddenly game week one and you've got Giroud and Mount in there or uh, Abraham and suddenly it would kind of put things out of joint but I, I think it looks a good Good pick. I'd never heard of Ferguson and Mitchell, though. I must uh, frantically research them to see. Uh... <laughs> can you yeah. can you talk us through Ferguson and Mitchell, Ben? Um, I just needed bench fodder, and you know, Palace are always a bit defensive, and I figure one of them, I for the for the course of the season, I think one of them could be a good shout for eventually nailing down a spot. So I kind of hedged my bets and chose both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and Mitchell is the left back who is the backup for yep. DVA, uh, Patrick Van Aanholt, yep. who had a dislocated shoulder and is back in training, but isn't, you know, isn't a dead cert to start at the moment. So that's a potential. Ferguson's the backup or potentially the first teamer um, competing with Joel Ward at right back. But Mitchell has a, some kind of knee problem at the moment, doesn't he? So there's speculation that he might not start as well. Yeah, and, and um, Ferguson's the one with the injury. Mitchell's play, played most of their preseason at left back. Well, what do you reckon to um, West Ham's uh, starting right back? He played it quite a bit at the end of last season, Johnson. I think it's Ben Johnson, and he's been playing quite a bit of preseason as well. I think he started their last preseason game. He's 4.0. And they've got a good first fixture against Newcastle at home. I had not heard of Ben Johnson, <laughs> but <laughs> just going to say he sounds really quick. <laughs> um, oh, actually, I think 
Is he the one who was taken off after like 20 minutes in a preseason game? I don't know. I watch, I watch um, all of West Ham's preseason games, so I, yeah, I, know, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I think they got thrashed by someone recently and Moyes took him off after 20 minutes. So yeah. that may not, that may not but, bode very well. To be him. fair, if Ben is wildcarding in game week three, then um, it's all pretty relevant who his 4.0 bench fodders are. <laughs> exactly. <they're> <laughs> hey, how do you, well, you say that, Matt. You say that, but he's putting in... He's, when, he's gone yeah. for a back three of three uh, double-barreled names, TAA, KWP, A... <laughs> MN. AMN. AMN. So Ainsley Mate Niles. I mean, he's not a definite first think... teamer, and neither's Naketia. So it is a bit of a risk. You may need a bench. Um, yeah. Feel, we'll feel see. the fear, Ben. Feel the fear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right then, Duncan. Well, who who have you gone for? What's your what's your strategy this season? Now, now I've been really harsh about all your teams. So I will now reveal mine and let you do your worst. Um, so I have I've gone for Matt Ryan in goal um, with um, Nylon as backup. Although I'm now slightly pooping my pants after what Ben said about his ownership and the fact that people are probably going to get rid of him. Um, so I've probably changed that. I quite like the look of um, Heacott Farrell at Burnley as a backup, 4.0, because I can't imagine I'm going to need huge numbers of Burnley spots in my team. And if Pope got injured, then you'd have a 4.0 Burnley starting keeper, uh, potentially picking up bonus from stave points and stuff like that. So I think that's quite nice. He's got um, a nice name too, hasn't he? He's got a nice name. He's got a lot. Of... <laughs> Do you know his first name is Bailey? Bailey. Yeah, I always... I always get his name mixed up. I always call him Peacock Bailey Farrell, but it's not. <laughs> he shall henceforth be known as that. Um, and yeah, and he's another double barrel, so that kind of fits with Ben's plans, potentially, um, if he wants to get rid of Steer. Um, and then at the back, I've gone for TAA, because you kind of have to. Um, I have looked at drafts without him, and it's really nice. <laughs> you can just pick a really nice back four without any... Back. Um, Rotation fodder. So TAA will play every game. And then I've gone for two separate rotating um, uh, defenders for the other two spots. So Carl Walker-Peters rotates really nicely with um, Brighton defence. So Southampton and Brighton rotate really nicely together. So I've gone for Lamptey, Matt's pick from our um, Lundstrom Cup, because... It's really hard to pick a Brighton, <laughs> Brighton defender who you think is going to play all the games who is 4.5. Dunk, obviously, would be a great pick, but he's 5.0. And if I'm picking a rotating player, I don't really want a 5.0. Um, so Lamptey, maybe play right wing back if they play three at the back. And if not, he's still pretty attacking. And he's only a rotating player. So it's not like if he gets you know rotated, <laughs> that's too much rotation. If he gets dropped, um, then in the real game, that's not too much of a problem. And then on the other side, I'm going to rotate between, at the moment, it's between Justin and Matt Target at Villa. Um, I think that can also change as well. I think um, you can move out um, either of those two for another player who rotates quite well with one of those teams. So um, if it turns out that Vinagre uh, looks like he's going to be starting for Wolves at uh, left wing back in replacement for Johnny. I think he's quite a, a nice pick as well, so I can maybe swap him in for Justin. Um, Justin, uh, as we kind of alluded to before, Gary mentioned he's potentially a problem because he's playing in place of Pereira, who's got an injury. He might switch over to play left wing back. We don't know. Um, but if there's more news about that in the press conferences and Vinagre looks like a player who's going to start, then... Wolves and Villa rotate quite quite nicely. So I, I, I can give you a I can give you a hot take on this as well. I I, I watched a Leicester preseason game and uh, Justin started at the right full back and he moved to left full back in the second half. There you go. Uh, so so there you go. There you go. It's just just a bit of a risk with the signing of Castagne, uh, who's primarily a left full back. But um, but yeah, I've got someone to move to if Vinagre's place is kind of assured until Johnny comes back. Um, Midfield, I've gone for Son, Salah, and Abamyang, like a lot of people. 
um, the new SAS. And then I've gone for Armstrong from Southampton. So I've actually, yeah, I've actually got three Southampton players. So maybe a little bit too much. Um, and then I can't believe you've not gone for him. I've gone for Suchek. He's starting in my team because <laughs> he was an absolute hero at the end of last season. And I think I just hate having a 4.5 million midfielder that like you have to pick like Stevens from Brighton. It's just so depressing. Um, so Suchek, 5.0, bit of a goal threat, terrible fixtures, but um, the kind of fixtures where he would hopefully have a chance from set pieces. Um, that's kind of where you'd expect West Ham's threat and those games to come from. So, um, yeah, he can hopefully be a bit of a bench player later in the season. Up front, I've gone for Werner and Ings, and I've got Gary's favourite man, uh, Indiana Vasilev, up front at 4.5. So there you go. Achingly Risky. I say achingly template too. Um, painfully template, isn't it? From some of the blogs <laughs> and the Twitter uh, teams that you see. This I haven't read any of them, Matt. This is all my own work, I promise. This is all your own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not obsessed by Twitter in any way. Maybe, uh, yeah, I think I don't know though. There seems there seems to be like a quite a few like if I was if I was gonna be critical, like Vasilev, Suchek target lamptey armstrong nile like there seems there seems to be quite a few players there that i wouldn't even walker peters hasn't got much pedigree yeah i'd say yeah yeah there are a few yeah you're hoping these dogs. players are going to burst through yeah do you know what risk. i don't i'm not very expectant now you've said that i'm not really that expecting that players like target and lamptey are really gonna burst through i think what i'm trying this season which i've never really successfully done before because i just get too bored and i um, I just bring in players I like is to actually try and plan with rotating pairs in defence because um, that's what you know a lot of the top managers seem to do and I, I always think like why have you got an Aston Villa defender in there like that's just so crap but um, just you look at the fixtures you can have if you rotate two players and you can just skip out all the top six teams pretty much and have some really nice home fixtures so I'm going to give it a go yeah I, I've I've tried that before. I guess the only the only thing I'd say is with the with the no crowds at the moment, I just don't feel like home and away is much of a thing at the moment. I guess you still you still do have hard fixtures and easier fixtures, but that pattern of like A B A B or A A B B, the way the way the fixtures go, I, I'm not paying any attention to that this year because I I just feel like without the crowds, the home advantage is is a lot less than it normally would be. Yeah. No, I think that's that's definitely true. But just skipping out, skipping out those tougher fixtures against, against the bigger teams is is what I'm going to try and go for. So, yeah. My my question would be: You've gone for Ings rather than Jimenez at the same price points. Is that just because he did really well for you last season? Uh, I think it's because of his uh, his fixtures. Uh, yeah, his fixtures um, are really nice, um, all the way up to when you'd need to play your first world card, which I think is you need to play it by 15, 16, something like that this season. So, um, yeah, his fixtures are really nice up until that. His form was good. And I like the fact that I've got an 8.5 striker in my team so that I've got two options. Well, I've got, I've got Ings, I've got Jimenez. I can also go up to Martial. He's quite close. Um, but also I can downgrade to someone like Mitrovic and just flood my team with cash as well and it's kind of the same with Werner if um if Werner's playing out on the left wing for Chelsea against Brighton and he gets subbed on 70 minutes and you think oh Lampard's doing to him what he did to Pulisic he's trying to get him to adapt to the league maybe he doesn't look brilliant then I can switch him to Martial super quick and get 0.5 in the bank um yeah so I just like I like that price point, the kind of 9.5, 8.5 point price point, because I think there's a, quite a few nice options around that. There's Marshall, Werner, Ings and Jimenez, and I really like all of those players. Yeah, I'll say that most of my giraffes before the one I landed on had Danny Ings in it, because I think if you look at his opening fixtures, he's definitely going to score and, and do well, given what he did at last season. He's just that 
He's just that, I mean, Duncan, you're right. You can switch him to, you can go up to Martial and stuff like that. He's just at a price point that kind of weak, I found weakened the other parts of my team a little bit too much. Um, but yeah, it's something I definitely looked at was like go Ings up top and then maybe have a little bit of a weaker midfield as a result. Yeah, I am a bit concerned at the moment that I kind of have to play Suchek through his crap fixtures. So, um, yeah, I think maybe you're right. Maybe later on in the season, I, I downgrade. Well, you know, part of my plan is the same as a lot of people's plan is to downgrade uh, Salah to maybe KDB. Aubameyang can maybe go for Man United player or another City player. And that's going to mean that I have more budget to spend um, maybe on Suchek. So, um, yeah. There you go. That's all the drafts. I'm, I'm really not not all completely the no, same. No, I'm, I'm so really really surprised how kind of different they are. If I'm honest, I know we've all got. Um, I think we have all got Abamian and Salah, and pretty much most people do, and kind of slightly have to as well because captaincy picks. But um, who who are people thinking about for captaincy in game week one? What about you, Gary? I, I, I was just going to say, roll on game week one, all our teams will be the same. <laughs> We're basically <laughs> going to decide who has the best team at the moment and then just copy that. Um, I just checked on my team. So at the moment, I've got Aubameyang as captain, away at Fulham. Yeah, he's got the preseason form, hasn't he? And, and Salah definitely hasn't with no goals in preseason so far. What about you, Matt? Yeah, Aubameyang as well. <laughs> ben? It is on Aubameyang, <laughs> but only because of the preseason. If I saw Salah doing bits, then maybe Salah, but it doesn't look like it right now. Yeah, I I think I'm also worried about Captain Werner because he might be filling in for Pulisic on the left wing at the moment. So I'm with over as well. Yeah. Can Can I just say I, I've been taking a keen note of these teams, and it will be interesting to see who um who's been deceiving the listeners the most and when game week one rolls around has, has picked an entirely different uh, team. <laughs> I, I mean, particularly if, uh, I don't know, if, if suddenly Matt turns up and he's got like the Mitchell and Ferguson at the back as part of his uh, <laughs> double barrel defence, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll know who to blame. Well, surely the point of podcast is to listen and, and, and you know, reflect. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've, we've got a news flash from Andy. Um, he's messaged us from the beach in Tahiti to say that, um, well, basically he's really annoyed that all of the good picks have been taken for the top scorer prediction for FBL. And he doesn't really believe in his pick, <laughs> but he's gone for Sergio Aguero. Um, so I guess he's hope, hoping for a, a lack of injuries for Aguero. Um, but yeah, possibly, who knows? Yeah, we, we should say Andy tried to dial in as well from Tahiti, but we couldn't really hear him very well with the noise of all the, is it like the tiki-tiki bands in the background and all the, the um, all the palm trees swaying swing in the wind. It, we were inter- interfering with the Wi-Fi, so uh, we'll, we'll have to wait till next week to yeah. get his insight. Yeah, we, were too, we, were... we were too envious of, him, of hearing him you know, out in Tahiti, so we pretended we could, he couldn't hear us and, uh, yeah, kicked him off. Yeah, I feel slightly sorry that he couldn't join us, but not that sorry because, like you say, he's in Tahiti, so... Yeah. Okay, if um, if you don't follow us already, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at FPLFFanatics. And if you want to compete with us in our mini league this season, then <laughs> the code is <laughs> 6F for football, T for ticket, 5K for kick, and C for challenge. So that's 6FT5KC. Uh, so, yeah, take us on in there. Um, it's not the biggest league in the world. So if you have a good season, you have uh, a very good chance of getting into the top 10, top five and getting read out each week. Um, so, yeah, join us there. Um, I think that just leaves me to say thank you very much for your insight and for your team reveals. Uh, Gary. Thanks very much. And let's see if if one of our uh, teams can defend our honour in the uh, FPL uh FFF League this year. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> that title, doesn't it? <laughs> the at FPL FF Fanatic League. Um, thank you for your insight, Matt. Thank you. I'm actively making transfers to my team right now. 
<laughs> Good. Um, let us know whose team you just copy. Um, yeah, we'll do. You, you, you spot it on game week one if I went yeah. for the Duncan team, the Gary team, or the Ben team. <laughs> Thank you for your insight, Ben. Uh, welcome. Uh, glad to have left all back and good luck to everyone for the upcoming season. Yeah, nice one. And we will speak to you after game week one. <laughs>